Listener Production. Relish, chutney, hollandaise or HB. Things are about to get saucy. You naughty little monkeys, you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, do you ever just sit back and think, thank Christ, memes weren't around when I was in high school. Nah, I wish I wish all generations got to experience memes. I mean, imagine what, like, memes during the bubonic plague would have been like. Woo-wee! So, I mean, I guess, though, they turned into, like, nursery rhymes. Ring-a-ring-a-rosie. True. Do you reckon that's the first ever meme? <laughs> so, anyways, the reason why I bring it up is because David Marshall, the Scottish goalkeeper, had a bit of a shocker the other night. Uh, after the Euro 2020 game against Czech Republic, um, Patrick Schick taking a shot from <clears throat> just inside the halfway point and uh, it went over poor, you know, David Marshall's head. He got tangled in the net and uh, the memes have been rolling ever since. So he kicked a goal and the goalkeeper missed it but instead got tangled in the net. Well, it was from like, he, he was like way out and the goalkeeper was way up and then it went over his uh, head. chipped him. David Schick was running back. He ended up trying to get it. He got caught in the thingy. Anyway, him diving, him running back to try and stop this ball from going in has turned into a big meme sensation, which that boy Gregory Salad thinks should probably have a little word about. But it reminds me of when I got scored against by a goalkeeper. And I was oh, a goalkeeper. And you, your opposite number on the other I team was ran the go- out I of I was their a goalkeeper neck. and their other goalkeeper from their goal box oh. booted the ball and it sailed through the air and got picked up by the wind and then came flying towards us. And the, my defender, Lachlan Skelton, I will name names, looking like he was going to head it. Oh, geez, that's a, that ball's been up in the air for a very long time. I don't want to hurt my head, decides to duck at the last minute. The ball bounces over at him, then bounces over me. Goal. And I tell you what, if there were memes back then, Alex Sison, I don't think I would live to tell this tale right now, okay? You would have been absolutely torn to shreds. R.I.P. in the Brisbane State High School uh, shelter lunch spot. (laughs) All right, well, we'll move away from that and we'll move on to uh, other things today because it's a very big day on the show, Matt O'Kine. We've previously let Richard Wilkins score all sorts of goals on us, but finally Matt O'Kine has put the gloves on and he is fighting back. Mate. Uh, What what have you done, mate? I'll tell you what, I'm drawing a line, all right? Because I'm, I'm letting people know that they can't get away with things and not have any consequences, all right? And so we're calling, you know, we're, we're interviewing Richard tomorrow. We're talking to him tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's show. He's good. Richard Wilkins will be on all day breakfast. And uh, let's just say we might not be the only people interviewing him. Hopefully, some New South Wales police will be interviewing him as well, okay? Because I am getting, I'm talking to a lawyer today. We have got a lawyer on the show to see whether we can retrospectively arrest Richard (laughs) for the theft of our chips back in 2015 at the Gold Class Cinemas on George Street in Sydney City. All right, that's going to be coming up. That's that's big news. I mean, I think... Richard, a photo of Richard Wilkins in handcuffs, very memeable. And we're going to try and make it happen today. Uh, we've also got insiders. We're going to be chatting to uh, a very interesting perfection uh, who is going to be um, making things rise with us today. Profession. A perfection? 
a, pro- a profession which requires perfection, <laughs> particularly in the yeast-related arena. And big news in the world of dogs. Matt O'Kine, I want to ask your opinion up next. It's All Day Breakfast. Shall we do it? Oh, <laughs> sure. Here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Do you ever feel like the universe is mocking you, Alex Dyson? Constantly. Just trolling you? Yeah, all the time. So we post last week little tile on our Instagram page about how I believe that dog lovers are the Trump supporters of the pet world. Yeah, that was you trolling dog lovers. No, that was me speaking some truths, okay? Yeah, people get a little bit annoyed about it. But, <laughs> I, you know, some people are on board and I see you and I respect you and I listen to you. Then the world's biggest... <laughs> Dog show happens, all right. Now I didn't, I didn't, we, I didn't say all that stuff about dog lovers knowing that this dog show was going to happen. But it's, it's been all across the news. Okay, just, just dog lovers rubbing it in my face that this is a huge event that it's happening and that nothing I can stay is going to stop people from loving dogs. Well, I tell you what, there were some pretty cute pooches running around at the Westminster 145th annual dog show. On the weekends, and I watched a documentary on the weekends. Um, we are the champions, and one of the best episodes was about dog dancing, and that's the European dog dancing championships. The European dog dancing championship. Yeah, we have a dog like dancing through your legs, and you're like, "Wee!" And the dogs put one foot over what each other. What sort of songs do like they play? Um, it's a bit of a mix. It's a little bit of Baja Men. Look, who knows? <laughs> A little bit of chop your dollar. Just the Euro summer classics. Mm. Well, man, I tell you what. The did you the, did you watch it? One forty fifth annual <laughs> Westminster Kennel Club dog show. Did you get on board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first time they've they've done it outside of uh, Madison Square Garden since the late eighteen hundreds. Are we getting the Westminster report from Matt O'Kine? You you well, are interested. Do you know what? You're a you closeted know, dog fan. You're a kenneled of, dog fan, I one reckon. Of the, one of the fondest memories I have, Alex Dyson, it's 1994. And my dad shakes me awake in my bed, says, wake up, wake up. The World Cup is on. Okay? Very early in the morning, USA 94. And uh, he makes me a hot Milo. I sit on the edge of his bed and we and we sit up and watch, watch one of the soccer games. Don't know if Ghana was playing. I don't know who was playing, but we watched it together, me and him. So at uh, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, leant over Sophia's cot, said, wake up, wake up. The Westminster 145th <laughs> dog show is on and uh, we better watch it. And uh, we, Here's your we can did. of pal. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's eat it together. <laughs> <laughs> and so we sat up, we sat up. And we watched it together, and uh, here is my recap of the incredible event. For starters, Alex Dyson, there were shockwaves that went through the whole show Mm. as a prized dog handler was forced to withdraw from it, okay, after his van, which held 10 dogs, thank you very much, got smashed into by a truck. No, is this serious? Yes, Bill McFadden driving to the event. Gets hit by the in the back of the truck. It he ends up in hospital. Oh my god! Okay, that's, that's particularly awful because dogs usually love a T bone. <laughs> oh my god! Is that is none that not of on? the jo- none of okay? the dogs were injured? Okay, Everyone good. is well, okay. Joke stands. He's now at home <laughs> in California. Okay, but it left 
it left the competition wide open. Now, oh to give God. you a little bit of background history with this competition, okay, it's the second longest continuously held sporting event in the US, okay, ever. After what? All right. The Kentucky Derby. Oh. Do you like um, horses? I, uh, um, nah. <laughs> me, and horses are, me and horses are cooler than me and dogs. Oh, I don't have nothing wrong nay. with dogs. I just don't want to keep them as pets. I don't think anyone should keep them as pets. I don't care about them. All right? Me and dogs and me and horses, we all just chill out together. We're all happy to exist in the same place. I just don't need to tie them up and leash, hang them out, and, like lock them up in my house, pretend that they love me. None of that, okay? <laughs> you have put put through some weird Stockholm you. syndrome oh. into them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my dog loves me. That's why I have to literally... Tell like me you've never owned a dog without telling me you've never owned it, a dog. <laughs> capture it into my house. Your dog loves you so much, leave the gate open, see what happens then, hey? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, now, we get to 2021, of course. Um, uh, Mr McFadden and his partner, Taffy, gets, get stuck in the, in the car crash and uh, their dogs can't make it. Um, and it leaves the spread wide open. Now, you have to win best in category to win best in show. And a dog yep. called Wasabi, a Pekingese, wins the toy dog category. Now, this is a very, very cute fluff ball of a dog with a little, little squashed up black face and is it, this grey and brown. I, no, look, I will say that it is it. cute. It kind of looks like a walking turkin. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> Uh, picture a mop, honestly. Picture a mop, which is kind of handy because he did wipe the floor with his competitors. Okay, now Wasabi takes out best in show up against dogs like the Belgian Lacanoy, which was bred specifically to guard the linen hanging up in fields. What seriously? Yes. <laughs> okay. Fifth time a Pekingese has been crowned the winner. Coming in second was Bourbon the Whippet, who was named a reserved best in show. Uh, so there we go. Congratulations to Wasabi. Um, much like the condiment you add to uh, sushi, um, it certainly is an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> and not for everyone. But I tell you what, if I was going to like a dog, Alex Dyson... Wasabi would be my fave. Well, officially the best dog. So uh, congratulations to Wasabi because not only have you taken out the 145th annual Westminster Kennel Club dog show, you have taken out Matt O'Kine's heart. So there you go. He's, he's softening. You can tell he's softening. But David Fitzpatrick, who is the, Wasabi's owner, said Wasabi gets a little filet mignon to celebrate the win. So little Wasabi. Ah. <laughs> woof, woof. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. Are you keeping juicy gas from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's insiders. Insiders. Yes, Matt, every job has secrets, has has things that they'd prefer the outside world not to know. And this segment on All Day Breakfast is where we take a little bit of a peek behind that curtain. Under a shroud of anonymity, we get you to call us and tell us about your job and uh, we can ask questions. And you are unburdened with the fact that you could be discovered for telling the truth. 
Yeah, that's right. Look, just as my local um, bread shop used to hand out little samples of their baked goods, uh, and I would always have a little taste, uh, we are lifting the lid on uh, the world of bakeries. That's right. We have a someone who's been in the baking game for 20 years, so is very, very well equipped to let us know what goes on. Uh, hello, Anonymous Baker. Howdy doody, boys. How's things? We're good, man, but let's get stuck straight into it, hey? From one crumb to another, let's go. <laughs> from, the, from the king crumb to the, to the micro king crumb. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, it seems the crumb has become the loaf. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Let's start with the hours, okay? Because yeah. I mean, it just seems like absolute rubbish hours. What are we working here? Normal bakery is about four thirty, four o'clock in the morning, so we can get a kick on through into mid morning, so that the punters can get along and, and see some hot baker action mm-hmm. and, and smell some hot bread. But my hours are different. Lad. I started nine generally at home about five five thirty in the morning. Oh, you're working? Are you kidding? You're working regular. Nine to five hours as a baker. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. nine nine p.m. Oh, to nine four. Oh, nine p.m. Oh my god. So, so why? Yeah, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing when you get in? Kicking off the days, Matt. We all start off, mate. We got to have a look at the production that's on, and I'll go around and gather all my ingredients and do all my uh, mise en place, and that's uh, French for get yourself prepared. Oh. And um, yeah, then I'll kick into the first day when I'll. Get the uh, stereo pumping and away we go. Through yeah, through okay. the night, making making that dough. All right. Well, um, first off, apprenticeship. Did you go apprenticeship? Absolutely. I um, kicked off my apprenticeship in 2000 mm-hmm. and I uh, got qualified in 04. And then from then on in, I've just been a tradesman, a few uh, apprentices under the belt. And, yeah, um, yeah, okay. So. And what are you, what are you, are you like, like one of those sort of small time suburban bakeries or are you talking, are we talking big factory bakery here? I've done the lot, Matt, but currently I'm in a mum and dad bakery. Oh, I'm in a small bakery that serves the community. All right, so let's go. Okay, let's start off. What goes in the pies, man? Because sometimes <laughs> I've had a few bakery pies where I'm thinking, is this dog food? The old, the old mystery bags, mate. They used to be <laughs> the worst kind of things. Eh? I've had tradesmen tell me absolute horror stories around oh, what no. used to go in there. Well, that's what this segment's for. Hit us, Anonymous. Sausages. <laughs> they'd be worse than sausages. They'd be worse than cocktail franks. There'd be snouts and grizzle and, and all, any sort of muck would just be cooked up in there and into the old mystery bags. And look, you could be you could be munging out in the pie. You could be having a big old artery in your mouth. It was just the grossest thing, eh? <laughs> no. But I'll tell you what, you can rest assured, look, absolutely rest assured now, the quality of the game has been lifted mm. by young young bucks like me mm. into the game. Now, we're the new generation, mate. We're coming out. We're doing fresh is best, and, and your top quality is where it's at now, though. So let, let, let's uh, let's talk about, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about gluten-free at the moment, uh, Anonymous. And, I mean, it, you know, do you, do you have people sort of, you know, coming up to you, sort of getting in your face, saying, get out of here, you gluten-promoting <laughs> mug? <laughs> Get your torch and pitchforks for the action. <laughs> no, nah, that's not around mine, mate. We have we have a few people that come in on the reg for that sort of gear, and I'm happy to um, punch it out. But we we have to um, call it gluten. Uh, I think there's a, it's we can't call it gluten free because we don't have a gluten free bakery. We have mm. we've got to call it low impact gluten or something of that description. 
Right, because right. you're, you're baking it in the same arena as a fair bit of gluten. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, because if any punters come in for that sort of gear, I'm more than happy to send them down the road to a, a, a um, bakery just down the road because they specialise in that sort of gear, see, and mm. it keeps everyone's health where it needs what to be. You, no what even sick. is gluten? Like, gluten is a is a um, an additive that goes. It's naturally derives in the flour. It's made up from two parts to it, gliadin and glutenin, and what that does is it strengthens the dough. So without without gluten in your dough, you can't catch that CO2 gas that's produced by the yeast, so it won't rise. Okay. So normally in the gluten, it's normally in gluten-free layers, it's normally made up from like potato starch, rice flour, those sort of things there that have a very, uh, have no gluten at all in it. So you're working nine o'clock till four thirty in the morning. What sort of stuff do you see? Because I know a lot of bakeries they won't they don't mind opening up, you know, cracking the uh, the roller door for a, you know punters rolling through from the local pub. Um, Absolutely, you, do you get those? Trade. Yeah, do you get that sort of uh, clientele, or do you ever see any? You know, you ever you fighting crimes or anything with a swinging breadstick <laughs> well, mate, or what's I, going? Where I live is very um, high crime area, so we see a lot of action out the front of the bakery. Most nights, um, but we yeah we have a, a few punters that come in after the pub's shut, especially on a Friday or a Saturday night. They'll be popping in for a, a nice hot pie or a sausage roll or a pizza, Ooh. and uh, that'll be that'll be done quick and quick and easy. Next one's in, next one's out, sort of gear. And do you ever slip them the stale stuff so they don't know? I mean, that'd be the perfect time to offload a little <laughs> bit of produce. I would have thought. Well, well, we'll generally there's, there's one old digger. Look, he'll come in and he'll be off. Tap. He'll be absolutely like three sheets to the wind. Give us one of your kidney pies. And I'm like, absolutely here. Have this pepper pie because we don't sell kidney pies. And he's in there like, give us another one of those kidney pies. They're amazing. <laughs> like, I know they are, right? And then they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, I want a pizza. I said, what colour pizza? I won't be asking what sort of pizza. Just what colour pizza? Oh, give us the pineapple. <laughs> Incredible. Um, well, it's one of the uh, great Australian institutions, the bakery, but. Have you seen an impact, not only you just your general COVID impact of, you know, businesses having to close for a bit, but have you seen with the rise of the home sourdough, have you seen it impacting your business, Anonymous? Not too much. Well, there's been a bit of an impact. When I think it's really the same impact as when bread machines first came out in oh. the home and people were like, oh, get amongst this, loving it, make me <laughs> own bread at home. And then they're like, oh, hang on. Gotta do all this extra work. I can just buy a loaf for four bucks fifty down the shop. Bugger this! Oh, we gotta go buy some bread. <laughs> One time, I bought a ho- I bought a juicer at home. I'm like, I'll have fresh juice. I get the juicer. Absolutely not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning so, yeah, no, One cleaning takes like you, you go. I'll pay eight dollars to someone to clean this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. No, the impact the impact hasn't been that dramatic at all. We've had to shut down. A few of the um the seating arrangements when COVID was like really in the full swing of things there last year. We had a get rid of the tables and the chairs and it was sort of like social distancing in the store mm. and we've kept that social distancing now so we only allow three people into the store at once and it just sort of keeps things above board until they can get a grip on what's going on with this COVID. At the end of the day, you know, there's so many products that you guys cook every single day and I'm always impressed with the amount of produce that the bakery makes every single morning. Um, mm-hmm. What happens when you close the doors? What happens to all of it? Do you do you give it away to charity? Do you throw it in the bin? What what happens? Uh, ding ding, winner winner chicken dinner, mate. She goes straight to charity. Hey, oh, really? oh, that's really really nice. You've got to you've got to keep your. You can't be giving out hot products. You can't be giving out products with meat. You can't be giving out. Uh, 
other odds and pieces, but all of the bread generally goes to either goes to food vans or charitable institutes so they can hand that on to those that are a little less fortunate, mate. And I think that's a great thing. That's really oh, good to so hear. Good. Thank you very much, Anonymous. What about these awards? Sometimes you go and past a country bakery and they go, oh, winner of the best vanilla slice, 1982. Okay, how much... Wait, do you put on a few of these awards? I mean, are they good awards? He's asking, are they proper awards or they are, are they like real estate awards? Yeah. Where every single real estate gets a little participation certificate. Oh, best best real estate in southeast Queensland's second smallest <laughs> suburb for the year of 27 Mate, second quarter. Give me the hot tip. It's a... It's a um, Award that's just given to anyone willy-nilly, mate. It's a participation award oh. of awards for sure. Every town's got a top dog bakery, a winner of a pie, a winner of a sausage roll. I'm like, nah, brah. You don't have it. You're pulling your leg. Get back in there and make it a crust of your life, you too. That's, good. <laughs> that's very good to know. So what do you look for? What's the, what's the, um, what's the sign of a good bakery? You get, you get good stuff. Is there anything at the front you can pick up and go, actually, this place looks good? They always tell you when you go overseas eat with local eats. And mm. same thing when you go into a community where you've never been. If, you, if that, that bakery's pumping, there's a lot of people lined up, you know something good's going on. That's where you want to go. You want to go get your, your nice high-top loaves, a little bit crusty, a little bit thick. That's where your flavour's right at. And you want to be looking for pies and sausage rolls with a beautiful flaky crust. You want to be looking oh. at nice and fresh, golden brown. Mm. It's like oh, mate, tell sauce. me... Tell me about it, come on. Oh, yeah, you got to make sure you got to look for that free sauce. i got to tell you. Absolutely. Uh, look, Anonymous, you've been an absolute uh, pleasure to get the inside goss from. Uh, you have been as soft and uh, and delicate as a nice, nice uh, high top. So thank you very much for joining Call us. Call me up across the society, mate. You're welcome. <laughs> no worries. We'll uh, see you next time for all our crumb needs. Uh, cheers, Anonymous. <laughs> Bye. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Well, thanks again for joining us on All Day Breakfast. If you are here to hear two men describe the look of a chicken nugget, I'm very sorry. Uh, We were planning on doing that every day for a week. We have since... Changed tact. So if you were hoping two men didn't describe the look of chicken nuggets, uh, congratulations. We have decided, given our strike rate was so good on the first two days, Matt O'Kine, and we have a, a bevy of nugs uh, that look like things to put up and uh, for sale in order to, you know, start our new investment craze, um, we're, get, we're just going to go ahead and, right and do it. In fact, if you go on to eBay right now, uh, through the link in our Instagram bio, you're able to find the listings for our incredibly rare chicken nuggets, um, which miraculously have, you know, incredible faces in them, Matt. Yeah, well, I mean, mine mine is absolutely a, a small boy stuck in a cave. Um, and I've given you a little outline of what I see, and, you you know, you can see it for yourself. Um, what we weren't expecting, Alex Dyson, I guess, and, you know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you know, hindsight is um, a great thing. Uh, we just didn't realize how many other nugget listings there would be on uh, <laughs> yeah. 
We thought we were first to the punch. But as you can see, the stocks are rising here. But that's I, a good thing. See, there's a bull rush. That's mm. it. There's there's a bull rush. Like I'm literally on eBay at the moment looking at not our listings, other listings. And I think because that Among Us ticking nugget sold for $99,000, other people have gone onto it. And there's one for $100 here. It says, rare Among Us chicken nugget with backpack imposter McNugget BGS meal, 1059 bucks. There's been five bids and it's $150 shipping. Oh, I don't believe I this honestly, this is just a nugget. They're drawing, yeah. They've our drawn, nuggets are much they've better drawn than these. The nugget. No, ours you can absolutely see. Like I can see the small boy in the cave, and uh there's there's just no doubt about it. We're gonna start the listing. Um, we're both gonna upload our nuggets. How many are you gonna upload? I'm just gonna upload one. I've got all my faith in the one. I'm gonna, one thing. I'm not diversifying my nug nug folio. I think I'm gonna have to change the Among Us thing. I'm gonna have to change one of mine and make it an Among Us because there's one here for eight hundred and ten dollars. Rare Among Us chicken nuggets, a thousand dollars. There's one here, one hundred nine dollars. It's had one hundred and eight bids. It must be it must be two bidders going back and forth over the getting over the hundred dollars with backpack and one thousand three hundred seventy one dollars. This is. 1,404 bids. I mean, it's going gangbusters on there. So we're going to put out up our nuggets and try and get a little bit of a piece of this pie. Uh, so please get on through, have a peruse, share the listing, have a bid if you want to be part of history and have a very valuable nuggets. Because I, I doubt any of these nuggets have even been on a daily podcast, Matt. No, no, they, these these nuggets wouldn't know a podcast if it bloody dipped them in some sauce, you know. So we're very proud of the nuggets that we've been able to find. They're they're one off, and you have a chance of purchasing history here if you uh, grab the Matt and Alex uh, nuggies. Uh, Johnny Bravo nugget is up. Uh, that's looking really good online at the moment. We've got the Oof Face meme nugget, which you can take part of, or you've got Matt O'Kynes. Random boy, boy in, a cave. in cave. You should definitely make that Han Solo from Star Wars in, in, in Carbonite, Matt. Definitely. I'm just Googling change it. famous boy in a cave. Oh. Nope. <laughs> no. I guess you're going to get the tie <laughs> soccer team. I did get that. And I am not going to. <laughs> no, that was quite a tragic situation that will not be um, nuggified. <laughs> So, so apologies to anyone affected by that situation. That's why and, I'm saying uh, get on that Star Wars train <laughs> and tell tell everyone it's Han Solo trapped in Carbonite Man. That's how you're going to get the okay. big bucks. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just got to make sure that I, Han Solo trapped in Carbonite. Okay, here we go. Oh, now I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes, it's definitely Han Solo trapped in Carbonite. Yes. All right. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yes, I did have that nugget. All right, well, that's going up <laughs> today. Okay. It's on right now. You should be able to see it on eBay right now, Han Solo trapped in Carbonite. Good. Now, that's up until Sunday. We're going to see how much money we have by Monday's podcast. Okay, so we've got a few days to uh, really pump these prices. Feel free to put in a low bid. A few of these listings we're looking at currently from these other jokers are on zero bids. You want to put in a little low one for us, try and get that uh, those wheels in motion, feel free to do that. That'll be great. May the force be with you, Alex Dyson. Now that and I'm, may the I'm source in... be with you. <laughs> That's what I should have said. <laughs> what the hell was Sucked I thinking? Sucked in, loser. <laughs> Well, Matt, it's coming towards the end of the show, which means we are only um, 24 hours away from confronting our arch nemesis, Richard Wilkins, whose music 
we admire and cannot wait to talk about his greatest hits album, but whose ethics, particularly when it comes to the consumption of other people's hot chips, we find very questionable. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's why you've, you've dug a bit deep to see if justice can be done, Matthew. Yeah, I would say justice can be served, but I'm pretty sure that he'd just snatch those as well. And eat, eat someone else's justice for himself, <laughs> yeah, exactly. given his track record. So, uh, you know, we are talking about Richard Wilkins' greatest hits, but right now we want to talk about Matt and Alex's greatest chips. And we decided to chat to someone who might be able to help us out a little bit because before Richard Wilkins steps into the Matt and Alex furnace, all right, the Bunsen burner. The deep fryer. Okay, because he's going to cop a few grillings uh, in a couple, in a second. The broiler, the Matt and Alex broiler. We thought we'd chat to someone who might be able to help us out because there is no chance that someone's stealing my chips. All right? It doesn't matter if it was five days ago or five years ago without facing the full arm of the law. The question is, when Richard comes on the show, is it possible for us to arrest him? We don't know because, well, I did creative arts, you did bloody fine arts. Bachelor of Fine Arts. We don't have a clue. That's even thinner than your creative arts. (laughs) It's even thinner. So we wanted to get an expert and get this. We have managed to find a lecturer at the Faculty of Law from Monash University. We're talking Bachelor of Arts majoring in criminology, a Bachelor of Laws, first class honours. Did the professional training with Lander and Rogers lawyers, admitted to practice as a barrister and solicitor at the Supreme Court of Victoria and the High Court of Australia. Listeners, please welcome to All Day Breakfast, Natalia Antelak saper Hello, Natalia. Hello, Matt and Alex. Thanks so much for having me on today. No, thank you for joining us. Now let's get to the let, let's get to the the pointy end of things straight away. Okay, I, it's been a while since I've even attempted a, a, a citizen's arrest. Okay, <laughs> and I was wondering whether it was time to reflex that muscle. Yeah, you might want to just you know hold your horses there, but let's mm. uh, let's work. Arrest my horses. <laughs> sure. sure. So okay. first, let, let's set this thing. What happened? How long ago was this terrible crime okay. that's wounded you both so deeply? 2015, we go to a movie screening, okay? The film company's like, you're interviewing one of our actors. We want you to see this film. We go along. The film projector was broken at one cinema, so they bust us to another one. And to say sorry for the muck around, they gave everyone uh, free reign at the gold-class cinema food bar, okay? Matt and myself ordered some hot chips, which they said they would deliver to us during the film. Now, when the chips came into the cinema, they were placed in front of Richard Wilkins, who did not report the error to the authorities, but instead chowed down on them, leaving Matt and I chipless for the entire film. All right, so this this is complicated. I'm not going to lie. This is a little bit of a challenging couple of stories here. All right, so first of all, 2015. Okay, theft is an indictable offence. That means we still there's no statute of limitations. You can still pursue. That's great news. Good news. Wonderful. This is good news. Thank you. But you know, practically, you're going to run into a little bit of issues around the evidence. So, how many witnesses were there? You're saying a cinema full of people. So people mm. have flocked this. Well, look, there was people in the cinema and the people on the screen. Okay, so <laughs> uh, you know, we can count a lot of people here. Um, I think our producer was probably the yeah. best known to us at the time. Um, our producer Jono, so we could we could easily with their 
I mean, he hasn't necessarily recently replied to my calls because I've been trying to <laughs> spruik him the latest Boilermakers EP, but but we could get in touch with him. Excellent. You better not have so, ruined our chance to have an arrest, Okide, with your I've bloody really been trying to, I've been, I've been telling him, <laughs> plugging him the new, the new cut. Anyways, look. So, so we may we have touch- one witness if, okay. if Richard one. doesn't admit Excellent. to it, if we don't get a confession. Right. Right. Um, and frankly, I think Richard might be in a position to get some good legal advice. So you might find that he won't be quite pleading guilty as easily as you might hope. Um, is there a way to force, well, compel someone into a lie detector test? Uh, no, there's no opportunity for you to force anyone into a lie mm. detector test. Um so one of the things that you would be doing if you'd wanted to pursue this claim is obviously going to police to report this serious offence. If we go to the police, what are they likely to say? I'm sure they'd give you some colourful advice, but mm. um, if they were being, you know, as police persons are very um, concerned about this issue, they'd work through the elements and just query a few couple of things. So they'd mm. obviously say, great. He appropriated it. So he's taken your chips, right? You guys have said this is yours. You ordered yep. it. You're the owners of it. You've got rights. So what a terrible person has interfered with those rights. Now, mm. the challenge is going to be around the element of belonging to another. So with this particular element, what the prosecutors usually have to prove is that the property belonged to someone else. Now, if the chips had been placed down in front of Richard, the challenge here is that he might just have assumed that those chips were delivered to him. Perhaps that may be right. Or that you guys have abandoned the chips. Because if property is just hanging around, you know, you walk down on no, the nature strip. Okay. It was he squatting yeah. on our chips? No, is that, no, no, is no, he no, got no, squatters no. right Natalia, to the chips? Natalia, I, I, okay, in my memory, and I will stand on, I will take the stand and tell you this. Yeah. I believe I saw Richard's hand raised slightly when the when the waiter was coming through with chips saying, hot chips, hot chips, anyone. I believe I saw Richard raise his hand from his seat and say, yes, that's these are mine, and then they brought the chips over to him, okay? Does that change yeah. anything? Okay, so okay, so he knows the chips belong to someone else. All right, that's fine. We're working through that. All right, he's got an intention to permanently deprive. He wants to eat them. He doesn't want to hand them back, but the challenge is going to finally be in respect of the dishonesty element. Mm. Um, in Victoria, one of the issues here will be that he may believe that the owners would have consented to this. So the idea is, yeah, well, you know, I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm telling you the reality. Um, So if a person's just walking around with a bowl of chips, you're at a cinema, there's been some freebies being handed out. Isn't this the idea that he believes that genuinely he's entitled to these chips? He thinks he has the consent of the owner. He assumes perhaps that the owner is actually the cinema place. Oh, so. uh, instead of us. Well, all yeah, right. Well, yeah. if you were representing us, Natalia, yeah. and we all know that in a criminal case, the most important part is closing arguments, okay? Yeah. If you were representing us and Matt and I were sitting in our suit and ties in the in the courtroom and you got up to try and sway a jury to convict Richard Wilkins, what would be your, your final few sentences to help us do that? Look, I would say that any man's chips are obviously an important property right that they have. They have a right to limit who eats their chips. It's an appalling idea that someone would interfere with that right. Um, And here, obviously, 
you know, the idea that what free chips are just being handed out, work through who does the belong to, you know, mm. look around the room, ha- read the room, think <laughs> about who, who might actually have these chips. So I think uh, perhaps Richard should have taken at least reasonable steps to discover the true owner rather than just sort of sitting down. Um, yeah, but exactly. I, I must confess. I must confess. It's a stretch of the argument. Fellas, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you've been no help at all, honestly. <laughs> We were out here hoping that we'd get some sort of, you know, case behind us, and it sounds like you're being paid off by Richard Wilkins. You might as well be walking around that cinema yourself, and he might have put his hand up and said, I'll take that lawyer, please. (laughs) Snatched you straight away from us. Yeah, we need some sort of sexy line, like in the O.J. Simpson case, you know. If it's not your chip, you must acquit or something like that. Yeah, which is exactly as it's coming out here. It's not the chip he's being acquitted. I mean, but the other way, you must. um, Um, If the chip's not yours, you're. Um, Wait, if you didn't order chips, um, (laughs) then then they shouldn't hit your lips. (laughs) Yes. There we go. Yes. That's it. Boom. Case closed. (laughs) Richard Wilkins, you're convicted. All right. It's been very nice chatting to you, Natalia. Thank you very much. Um, Hopefully this case can be one that you study at Monash University where you do lecture uh, at the Faculty of Law. Uh, Hopefully your students can learn from this. Uh, Put them all on the podcast and we can make sure that uh, the guilty party uh, gets what's coming to them. No, I'm sorry I couldn't have been more help and, you know, at least in the court of public opinion, you can try and sway the remainder of your listeners to try and convict Richard notwithstanding. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Um, maybe we should quickly ask before you go, um, as far as the court of public opinion goes, does Richard have a case for defamation against us? Nah. <laughs> well, Just- not all of us. Just maybe you two. <laughs> I mean, I- yeah. We've spent the last six years calling him a chip thief. I do feel like there could be some ramifications. Yeah, good luck with that. All right, okay, we'll, see, well, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll, we'll be talking to him tomorrow, so we'll find out. Thank you very much, Natalia. We will talk to you later. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Um, and tune in tomorrow when the confrontation happens. All right, well, will we have, do you know what? Will we have a few of the men and women in blue waiting outside the door? With a couple well, of uh, said, a couple of silver bracelets <laughs> ready to uh, pop on the old wristy poos. If we've got the confession, and don't worry, this will go on record. We will be hitting record on this interview. So if I can get a confession out of our dubs, then you better believe I'll be hunting for it. Okay, so let's go. All right. Well, tune in tomorrow to find out whether Richard Wilkins will once again slip out of the net that we've tried to entrap him in or whether he does the long walk to the big house on the hill. Old uh, Bluestone College, a bit of Pentridge prison. We'll see He's whether- a little bit like Leonardo DiCaprio in that film, isn't it? Catch me if you can. He's, <laughs> he's, he's been evading our slimy hands for some time now. Well, well, well. Will the gate finally fall? Well, we'll see if we can catch him red-handed or at least chicken salt-fingered. Um, that's all from today. We'll catch you for the big show tomorrow. Thanks for joining us again. This is Matt Nights, All Day Breakfast. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.